This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm crazy grateful for all of you who subscribe, share, and leave reviews. If this is your first time, welcome to the Elevate community. Like our home church, Living Word, I and the Elevate leaders work as hard as we can to build an atmosphere of love to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. It would mean the world to us if you helped us get the word out by sharing this episode on social media. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate, visit us at iloveelevate.com, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for everything you do, which brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. All right, so, <laughs> yeah, Dom, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I don't know if you guys understand just how much uh, Wednesday nights mean to me, how much Elevate and all of you guys and uh, the leaders here, the worship team, you know, you guys just fill me. You fill my heart every Wednesday. Uh, I look forward to this night so much. And I also look forward to going back to this stuff Thursday. You know, I'll go back to this tomorrow and I'll text Jamie or, or the kids about something that stuck out, something that, that I liked. And I just want to write it down or, or keep it in mind as, a, as my week goes on. And then that got me thinking about, you know, filling our hearts the same way uh, we fill our bodies. And, you know, I'm sure you can all think of one one food that you just love, one dish. Ramen. All right, hey, whatever, whatever that dish is, you know. Uh, you know, you think of that, and if you're lucky enough to, to fill yourself on it, uh, you know, maybe you're blessed enough to, to have some left over and to put it in a container for the next day. And so you'll go back the next day, and it is, it is great again, and you feel good again. But then mom and dad go to the grocery store. You know, and then, then there's options. There's other things. And they put stuff in the fridge that covers up that container. So after a while, that container gets neglected. It gets forgotten. And before you know it, it's in the back of the fridge. So a month later, two months later, we don't even know what it is. We open up that container and boom. Like, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's crusty. There, there's fuzz. There's trees. And the smell is going to make everyone in the house come out of their room and just, what is that? You know, so that's the same thing that happens to our heart when we're not feeling it and feeding it the right way regularly. You understand? You know, you, t- you forget about doing it and then your heart becomes crusty and it becomes disgusting. And it's covered with stuff that I'm going to say is anger, and bitterness and jealousy and all these things that that stop us from, from being where we need to be, loving like we need to love, and using our heart for its intended purpose. So I'm sure we could all think of something that we're holding on to now. We could all think of something that we just we really should have let go a long time ago, whether it's, you know, whether it's anger, hate, judgment, jealousy, whatever it is we're holding on to. I'm going to pray tonight that we let that stuff go so that we can move forward with this message, and uh, we'll do that now. Uh, Father God... I thank you so much for this opportunity, God. I thank you so much for these, these kids, the staff, and, and everything that th- these people represent, God. We just ask that you, you look at our hearts and you release us of the stuff that we're holding on to, stuff that's stopping us from loving the way you love, God, and help us to see through your eyes and help us to do whatever it is we need to do to get closer to you. We thank you for tonight, and in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Ready to get started? See y'all, see y'all next week. That's all I got. 
So, basically as Christians, we're called to be imitators of Christ. We are called to, to do our best as often as possible. We're called to, to, to be Christians, not when it's convenient, not when we feel like it, not when we're just at church or at Elevate, or, or not when we think, you know, no one's, it's, it's around everybody, not just the right people. And, uh, you know, recently, Sean and Evan and I, uh, we did a, a Bible study, and Tony Evans gave me an analogy that, that uh, sometimes Christians are used as a glimpse. The same way, like if, if we hear about a new movie coming out, uh, we judge whether or not we want to see that movie based off the trailer. You know, we'll watch a minute or a two-minute trailer of a movie, and we'll, we'll make our decision if, if that's something we want to invest our time in. And the same way non-Christians can look at you guys and say, hey, that guy goes to church, or he goes to Elevate, or he, she calls herself a Christian. But if they see you acting in the same way they act, then they don't want to go to that movie. You understand? If you're acting in a godly way, and if you're seeing through the eyes of Christ and loving through the heart of Christ, well, maybe that's something that will make them think differently. So that's basically what this message is going to be about. Okay, so during the time of quarantine, which was super fun and everything was virtual, and whatever, whichever ones you tuned in every week, uh, you could all tell me what, what, uh, what Bible verse and all that stuff Don was going through with all of his kindness and peacefulness and hope and love and all that stuff, right? We all know? So I don't, it was Galatians 5.22. I know y'all all know it. Y'all had your hands raised. So we're just going to move forward. Um, but the one part that I want to focus on... Uh, because I feel like it's a time of, of need, if you, if you look out the window, and I also feel it's because that's who our God is, is we're going to focus tonight on, on sympathy and compassion and empathy. And before we get started, can anyone tell me the difference in sympathy and empathy? I'm 42, and I just learned Friday, so it's okay if you don't know. Uh, yes, ma'am. That's amazing. That is amazing. If I gave out gold stars, you would have them all, except for the one Gavin already took. But other than that, you, you would have the rest. So very good. So, yeah, sympathy is, is an association between two people who, uh, where one situation affects both of them serious, uh, similarly. Uh, whereas empathy, a little bit different. It's like when, when you're going through something and the other one isn't, but they understand and they care. And they give you the attention and the love that you need. So, so those are two things that are going to be primary focus on, on what we're getting into. And, and what I want to tell you guys is that once we start to look at the world and, and focus on the people around us and everything that's going on, uh, it, it's going to be super important that we look at the world through the eyes of Christ and, and instead of our own. Um, and when we do that, that's, that's when our path is more revealed. And that's when things become in, they come into focus and we can see what it is we're supposed to be doing. Um, and I know as a teen, sometimes you guys might believe that what really matters is, is the things you do, the things you achieve. But, but now is the time where it's important for you guys to, to develop the person you're going to become. That, that's that's going to be more important. Uh, your parents are going to tell you different, and I understand that. I'm not telling you not to listen to your parents. Listen to your parents all the time. But this is the time where you're supposed to decide what kind of person you want to be. Um, 
So jumping in, uh, Hebrews 4.15 says, uh, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So breaking that down, that basically is what sets apart, well, it sets Christianity apart from other religions. See, our God isn't some distant, remote, you know, deity. He is, he is a God who is with us. He's a God who talks to us, who listens to us, and who's with us. And not only that, you know, he's a God who absolutely understands what it is that we deal with because he's done it. You know, he, the founder of our salvation is, is the one who is most uh, relatable to the emotions, the weaknesses, the temptations, and the lures that we deal with. Um, and I know for myself and maybe for some of you guys, when we hear the name Jesus, you know, we think of Jesus as, as the all-powerful, you know, son of God, you know, the, the miracle worker, uh, you know, healing the blind and, and walking on water and feeding thousands of people with a handful of fish and bread. Uh, but we forget that he was human, you know, and we forget the importance and the relevance of the fact that he had to be human to understand uh, temptation and weakness and, and the burdens that we carry. And no one understands it better than he did because, as it says, he faced all of it. He faced every temptation we face. And he did it without failure. You know, there's so many times where we give in, but he didn't. He, you know, he completely understands. Uh, he has a unique understanding of what it is that we deal with. Um, uh, the, weight, uh, he, the weight of our temptations, he, he can feel the heaviness of it better than we can. The same way if, if me and Ava were trying to carry a 200-pound box around, uh, I could carry it on my own. Uh, it's easier with another person. But she won't appreciate the weight of that box because eventually she's going to get tired and she's going to drop her end and I'm stuck with the whole thing. And that's kind of how Jesus is with us because he understands the entire weight, the entire lore, the entire weakness of the, of the human race because that's what he was just the way we are. Um. Y'all are making this too easy. Also, mad props to the people who can do this every week. Because putting this stuff together, you know... Every pastor that can do this week in and week out, man, you guys are amazing. And speaking of which, uh, if you guys don't already know, Pastor Dom was speaking Sunday at Living Word. And I, <laughs> I highly recommend you guys showing up and doing exactly that when he takes the stage. Uh, it's going to be amazing, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, <laughs> and anyway... <laughs> Uh, going on in Hebrews in the next verse, it's going to say something to the effect of, uh, you know, we should have confidence in going to Jesus and confessing our sins and our failures because no one understands him the way he does. Uh, so that is what makes him you know, warm and loving and with you as opposed to a cold, judgmental, you know, mortal figure that other people may look up to. So, you know, where he succeeded and did it without failure we often take the easy way out and give in to sin. Um, so you, know, you, don't, you don't have to scream it out loud, but I'm sure we could all think of one or two things as teenagers you know, that tempt us, that, that make us you know, teeter on the, on the back and forth of sin or, or doing things the right way. And yeah, I don't want you guys to call yourselves out. Um, but just things that I see, a couple examples – you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of sad uh, that 
that uh, I could see some of you guys who I love so much. And then I'll go and when I check my kids' social media, I see so many inappropriate TikToks with bad words and nonsense. Uh, and and I it just, I, I'm not mad at you. I just, I wonder why. I mean, is it, do we have to have that false sense of, of value? Are we looking for acceptance? Uh, it, it really does kind of sadden me that, that we will willingly trade our authenticity for approval. Right? Never trade your authenticity for approval. It's nothing important. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Just be you. Uh, you know, another thing is, you know, seeing people getting, you know, joining in when somebody's getting picked on for whatever reason. You know, instead of standing up for somebody, you know, why, why, are, we, why are we doing that? Are we pretending to be something we're not? You know, or are we looking to fit in with the wrong crowd? You know, I'm not sure what it is, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the funny thing to me, and this is even, or even going back to the TikToks, uh, especially as teenagers, you know, but mostly just humans in general, we, we love ourselves more than we love anyone else. But we value everybody else's opinions more than our own. You know, we will happily go away from what we believe in to please other people who we don't even care about. You know, virtual likes, you know, fake thumbs ups from strangers to, you know, brag about likes. I, I don't get it. I really don't. Probably because they didn't have it when I was a teenager. I probably would have been worse at it. You know, I'm not, I'm not judging any of you guys. I'm the worst one to do it. But uh, if they had that stuff, I probably would have been all right with y'all. I can't lie. <laughs> I, I in real life like you, Aiden. I don't have to virtual like you. I like everything about you. I like that you dress like Luke. I like that you grew three inches since last year. I like everything about you, except that hair. If we're, if we're friends, I'll say you are so much more handsome with short hair. You pull that off, but my personal preferences don't, please don't. Those, those two words don't go together, man. But once again, hey, you know what? You have some of the smartest parents in here. If they allow it, no problem with me, bud. Billy, we'll have to talk about it, though. Uh, (laughs) It's a good answer. Um, And as far as temptation, one last thing is, uh, as touchy as it may be, um, what about about we're in situations where we're maybe, maybe doing too much or going too far with our boyfriend or girlfriend? You know, what about, uh, you know, what about putting ourselves in that position of where maybe we're trying to push somebody into doing something they don't want to do? Maybe we're the ones doing the pushing. Maybe we're the ones being pushed. Whatever it is, uh, you know, God gives guidelines because he understands the pain and the consequences that come with stuff like that. Uh, and the pain of discipline is far less than the pain of regret. Uh, you, you will not think so much the next day about second-guessing doing the right thing. You will think so much the next couple months second-guessing doing the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> the pain of discipline is less than the pain of regret. Oh, oh, okay. So what I just said was that you, tomorrow you won't regret doing the right thing. 
But for the next couple months, you'll regret doing the wrong thing. You know? Or years. I don't want to make it dramatic, but it's possible. You guys holding up okay? So, all these things that we just talked about. All these things that we struggle with. All these things that tempt us. Uh, you know, Jesus felt the same pull. He felt the same lure. He felt the same temptation. And he never gave in to sin. He never took the easy way. He never allowed temptation to get the best of him. Uh, you know, living with the heart of Christ, it means avoiding these situations. Uh, it means, you know, I know we hear the phrase, uh, put on the, the whole armor of God uh, to, keep, to keep the bad things out of our heart from getting in. You know, to keep bad things from getting into our heart. But, but we can't allow that armor to stop the good things from our heart to get out. Uh, you know, that armor is there to block temptation. It's there to block sin. But it's also there to allow the love to get out. It's also there to let us see the way he sees and love the way he loves. Um, so if we understand that temptation isn't sin, there's a difference. You know, because Jesus was, in fact, tempted. He just never gave in. Uh, the difference, there's a difference in temptation and action. And, uh, and it doesn't matter what the lore is, but God has an answer or a way to deal with every single thing that you're going to deal with. Uh, might just help if you, if you open up one of these things on occasion. But anyway, so all these things that we deal with, Jesus has dealt with them. All right? Everything that we do, he can understand 100% because he's been there. That is sympathy. Understand? All of us dealing with it? Sympathy. Moving on. Uh, Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Kind of cut and dry, right? We understand what that means. Be happy with people who are happy and be down with people who are down. Uh, you know, but what Paul's kind of trying to get across here in Romans is that Christians as a whole, uh, we're supposed to be masters of empathy. Uh, you know, he commands us to be submissive to each other, even in our emotions. Um, we're also called in Romans to, to outdo one another, uh, with, and sharing honor. It's not, it's not always about us. You know, that's what looking through our eyes, we tend to see every situation around us and make it about us. Uh, when looking through the eyes of Christ, you see a situation, you see something good or bad happen to someone else and you understand that that's, that's for them and, and nothing communicates love and concern more more sincerely than, than rejoicing with someone in their times of, of happiness and, and being broken with them in their times of, of sadness. Seasons of celebration for other people should be welcomed with us. You know? And in, in the seasons of despair, you know, we, should, we should be there with them too. But a lot of times what we do is you know, we'll see a situation with someone else, and it doesn't affect us a bit, but we'll make it about us. You know, How come she got a new car and I didn't? You know, how did he get into that college? Why is she dating him? I know I'm prettier. I've heard that over here. Uh, and not to mention the one-upper guy. Every single dude in here knows the one-upper guy, right? And if you don't know him, that's you. All right? Man, I studied all week for that test, and I got a 91. I'm so excited. It's nothing. I didn't even study, and I got a 96, loser. You know, 
It's not about you. It's about them. You know, you be, it has nothing to do with us. But looking through human eyes, using a human heart, we make things about us that aren't about us. Um, good stuff, Jim. Uh, <laughs> so in situations where someone is down, you know, if you girls can't turn to another girl and say, look, you know, I understand what you're dealing with, and I'm going to be here to hold your hand, and we're going to get through this together. And if you guys can't just wrap your arm around another dude and say, hey, look, man, I'm here for you. And not when it's just convenient for me, but I'm here for you while you need me, anytime you need me. Let's do this together. That's how it's supposed to be. That's, symp- that's empathy. Like, you're dealing with something that he's not dealing with something, but we can both deal with it together. We can infuse our hearts together, and, and it's okay. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to, to weaken yourself and be vulnerable. Vulnerability is a strength. It's not a weakness. So sometimes as guys, we have to give off this, this image that we're the tough guy. You know, we can't, we can't let emotions get to us. But, but when someone you know is hurting, it's okay to hurt with them. You know, and, and to be honest, empathy is no different than grace. You, you don't give it to people who earn it. You give it to people who need it. Tell me about it. So we've been through sympathy, we've been through empathy, and now I want to tell a story, um, one of the most fascinating stories to me in the Bible, and I'm not going to go verse through verse, I'm just going to give you the short condensed version, because I like to tell stories my way, because I sometimes can be selfish. Um, but this is the story of, of, of Lazarus, and Jesus bringing Lazarus back to life, Jesus raising Lazarus from death. I've heard the story 20 times, and every time I read it, something else catches me. And I just, I'm like, oh, man, what a, what a story. I love it. And I don't even read. Uh, so picture this. Okay, so Jesus and Lazarus are friends. Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha fully understand who Jesus is. They fully know who he is. In fact, Mary even anointed him with oils and washed his feet with her hair. And if that's not love, I don't know what is. So Mary and Martha send word to Jesus that Lazarus is super sick. You know, he's, he's, he's on his deathbed. Jesus gets this message and chooses to stay two days where he's at. And then he tells his disciples, come, let us go back to Judea, because our friend Lazarus has fallen ill. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I must go awaken him. The disciples respond by saying, well, Rabbi, the Jews there were just trying to stone you, and, and now you want to go back. So what I wanted to do, just stopping the story right there, what I wanted to do is what would we do with human eyes if we were Mary or Martha? If we went to someone who we knew was the all-powerful son of man and said, hey, look, man, your, your friend is about to die. We need you right away. And then he chooses to stay two days where he's at. Human eyes would probably say, you know, we'd pull out, start texting, dude, you know, nine one one, dude. W Y A, dude. Hurry up. You know, whatever. It, there would be no patience. There would be no understanding. It would just be us freaking out because we're the most important thing in the world at all times. Uh, and the same thing with the disciples. The disciples knew they had to follow Jesus. But let's be honest. If that if that were us, and we knew he almost got stoned to death, you know, not too long ago, 
man, I don't want to go back. Because if they're going to stone you, they're going to stone me. And, you know, I got a baby on the way or something. You know, whatever it may be, like, we would make this about us. And we would make this, you know. But, no, there's no questioning. Like, we'll ask you, hey, are you sure we want to go back? Yeah, let's go back. So, hey, let's do it. Can, can you be quiet? It ain't mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need you to hush. But that's... Thank you, Caroline. Man, I am like two pages behind in my notes here. I'm getting carried away. So, anyway, taking off the human eyes of Mary and Martha and, and the disciples because they did things. They looked at things the way they're supposed to look at things. So Jesus finally gets to Judea, and Mary runs to him, and she throws herself at his feet. And she says, if only you had been here sooner, my brother could still be with us. And, uh, and in John 11.33, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who were with them also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that, doesn't, that to me seems like a man... Uh, like anybody else who can look at the sight of people you care about who are just crying in an agony and grief. And it, if something is so bad and so just so upsetting that it can bring Jesus to be uh, deeply moved in spirit and greatly troubled, then that is, that is a man of compassion. That is, that is the heart of Christ. Uh, and then shortly after in the next, in, in the next verse, 1135, it says, Jesus wept. Um, you know, that's the shortest verse in the Bible, uh, maybe the most powerful verse in the Bible, but to me, in my mind, it's, it's definitely the most relatable and the most revealing verse in the Bible about just who our God is. Um, you know, I wouldn't put it past somebody like me, like on my journey to Judea, knowing that Lazarus was dead and knowing what I was going to do, I was going to bring him back to life. Uh, I could understand somebody walking in, you know, kicking a door down, snapping his finger, doing a magic trick, and boom, stop worrying, relax, chill out, dude's back, he's good, you know, let's party. That, that's humanized type stuff. And, you know, sometimes when we're capable of special things, like you guys are capable of special things, you know, we tend to lose sight of, of other people. We tend to lose sight of compassion. We tend to make things like that about us because that's our heart, that's our eyes, instead of the eyes and heart of Christ. Um, but I, I just want you to picture the image of Jesus uh, Jesus with Mary. You know, Picture the Son of God kneeling next to you, putting his arm around you, and crying with you. Even though he knows the answer already. He knows what's going to happen. He knows Lazarus is going to be okay. But the sight of someone that he cares about and some random Jews that he doesn't know, the sight of them weeping made him weep. Um, that's a powerful thing to me. Uh, you know, and if, for any of you guys who struggle to remember Bible verses, start with that one. Jesus wept. 1135. Um, but... The fact that, that Christ can be the guy to feel sorrow, he can, he can grieve with you, you know, he will get on his knees and, and he'll console you and he'll, he'll weep with you. 
that is what compassion looks like. That is what the heart of Christ looks like. And the fact that our God can show his emotions, it's a relief for me. You know, as a man, sometimes we think that we're not allowed to do it. You know, emotions just get in the way of what I'm doing. I'm busy. Or that's going to make me look weak. It's not how it goes, you know. Um, that That's the human heart thinking. That That's not the heart of Christ thinking. Um, and, it, and I'm glad that, that my God is not like that because to this day, I can watch Top Gun and get upset when Goose dies. <laughs> to this day, I can watch Armageddon and I'll cry when Bruce Willis saves the earth by sacrificing himself on an asteroid and missing his daughter's wedding. That hurts me. And I just realized that none of you guys are old enough to know what those movies are. And if I spoiled it, I'm sorry. It's been out 25 years. Um, But how about this? Tell you what. Sorry. We'll try it again. We'll try it again. I will get teary-eyed when Iron Man snaps his fingers and saves the earth. And I love you 3,000. That gets to me. I will get upset. And I might tear up in season seven of The Office when Jim says goodbye to Michael Scott. That, that is something because that's people who care about each other and it, it hurts me, okay? I binge watched all nine seasons of The Office during quarantine for the first time ever. And man, the only episodes my kid watched was that one. And I got all teary. And I'm like, man, y'all got to get out of here. I don't cry at every episode, just this particular one. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, I am emotional. I'm, I, I'm emotional because Dom prayed for me before this started, and I almost cried when he prayed for me. If he wouldn't have stopped when he did, he was going to have to get punched or something. <laughs> but anyway, since Olivia's not here, um, I'm going to wrap this up by telling you guys that... Oh, look, there she is. Um, that you guys are at a critical point in your life. You guys are laying the foundation for what you're going to be, for what you're going to look like. Uh, and I'm going to ask you guys that whenever the opportunity arises, you know, exercise sympathy and compassion and empathy. Um, because, you know, uh, I didn't, you know, I was the meanest dude you'll ever meet. Uh, I have people that I can bump into now after 20 years and just by looking at them, I can tell they're still mad at me for things I said to them. I can tell that they're still hoping they don't bump into me somewhere because of words I used. I didn't physically hurt anybody. But, man, I was the last thing I was was sympathetic or compassionate. And, you know, I had the crusty cover on my heart. You know, going back to the first analogy, that that's, that's what I was. I was driven by selfishness and jealousy. You know, I just hated seeing other people have things that I didn't have. Um, and I'm not forgiven by those people now, and, and that's okay. I don't, maybe I don't deserve it, but I'm forgiven by Christ, you know, so that's good enough for me. And, and I'll, but also the people who saw me do those things or the people who heard about things I did, you know, maybe they don't know what's, what's me and what's not. Maybe they think I'm still, you know, the 20-year-old kid who didn't know any better versus the 42-year-old dude who, who takes every chance he gets to tell people about Christ. Um, Uh, mistakes, mistakes make us human. Mistakes are part of life. And, you know, mistakes can either be your, great, your greatest source of growth or they could become your character. 
and and I chose the former as opposed to the latter, and and I've turned my misery into my ministry, and I've turned my scars into my story, and I'll tell it any chance I get. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed of it, and you shouldn't be ashamed of anything you've done. I'm not asking any of y'all to be perfect. I'm just asking you to live like you're saved and not like you have something to prove. <laughs> so as, as my kids can tell you, and as my eighth grade e-group can tell you, because I've, I've drilled it in them for the last, the e-group for two years, I tell them all the time. My kids, since they can listen, I've been telling them. Uh, down the road, same situation I'm in. And you bump into someone from high school. They're not going to care if you're a star athlete. They're not going to care if you're a nerd. They're going to care. What they're going to remember is how you made them feel. That's what's going to. That's what's going to travel with you. That's what's going to be your legacy. So think about that. Think about looking at people through the eyes of Christ. Think about loving through the heart of Christ. And your activity will tend to follow your identity. And if you identify as an imitator of Christ, your action should match that. So for any of you who's wondering how to do it, what's that look like? I'll give you five topics, five things you can try to start. I don't know where you are in your walk. It doesn't matter. You could just be starting or you could be further along than me. Either way, it starts with creating a dialogue with God uh, or, or pray. But if you're too scared to pray, then just talk out loud. Talk to God. He knows everything you're doing. He knows who you are. Talk to him. You know, if that leads to prayer, great. Have a dialogue with God. Even if you're singing worship lyrics, talk to him. And then pray. And then build off of that. Number two, open your Bible. If you already read your Bible, great. Add some more time to it. Or read something you already read and try to see it from another angle. Try to see it through another set of eyes. You know, uh, if you don't read your Bible, start with 10 minutes. 10 minutes a day. Give it that. You can do that. Do it in the bathroom if you have to. Read 10 minutes a day. And then build and build and build. Number three, take a look at your circle of friends. All right? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys know who Nip- Nipsey Hussle is. It's, I won't tell your parents. Uh, but here's my quote from Nipsey Hussle. If your circle doesn't inspire you, you don't have a circle. You have a cage. So take a look at the people around you. And if they're not, if they're not pushing you to be better... Then, then find another circle. My wife pushes me to be better every day. So, <laughs> love you, babe. Uh, number four, get involved. Whether it's at, at, at your church, whatever church you go to, or if it's at Elevate, whatever you can do to get involved and spend more time around people like this. Spend more time helping set up. Be Noah. Noah will do anything and everything. He dedicates all his time to this place. You know? And last thing is, uh, if none of those things help you, then find a mentor. I cannot stress to you how lucky you guys are to have these leaders here. Uh, Pat Carlos, Jamie Conley, Jamie Dishman, Nina Pontif, Andy, Cindy, Alexis. Every, all these women here are brilliant. All of them. Billy Dishman, Noah, Aaron. Well, uh, Chad Young, you know, if, if, you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, and that's why Chad's not here tonight. You know, so 
Follow those five guidelines, guys. I'm telling you, you'll be amazed at what you can do when you give your heart to Christ and you look at things his way. Elevate, thank y'all very much. I love y'all. Thank you for listening. Episodes are recorded every Wednesday at Elevate Student Ministry. All students, 7th through 12th grades, are welcome.